0: Liverpool 3-0. Call it, take it quickly, Origi!
1: Yeah! Yeah!
0: <laughs> it! Yeah! Unbelievable!
1: <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Anfield Central podcast. My name is Luke and as always, I'm joined by James to discuss all of the latest Liverpool news. James, how are we doing, mate?
0: Yeah, not too bad. It's just heart attack FC all over again, isn't it? It's taken another
1: three years off my life this, this last couple of weeks. A little bit, a little bit. So since we last spoke, obviously Liverpool have played two Premier League games, a 1-1 draw with Tottenham Hotspur at Anfield and then a 2-1 win over Aston Villa at Villa Park. Obviously, we said all along that that Tottenham fixture was probably going to be Liverpool's toughest remaining game in the title race. Um, As we record today, we're currently level on points with Manchester City at the top of the Premier League. However, they do have a game in hand. So the simple question to kick us off, James, I guess, is, is that it for the title race? Is it all over now?
0: No, I I, I don't like to think it is. I mean, there's no point looking forward to the the next two games then. There's no point watching it if it's over. Um, I still think stranger things have happened in football, especially with City's injuries at the back. They're going to have to be playing Fernandinho at some point in, in one of these next two games, which, you know, could work against them. Walker's out, Diaz out, uh, um, Stones is out. So, listen, at the the end of the season, you know, looking back, we'll we'll look at this Liverpool team who were 14 points adrift and somehow managed to potentially take it down to the final game of the season, which is an unbelievable achievement in itself, really.
1: We'll see what happens with Manchester City, but to pull the focus back onto Liverpool then, let's talk about our most recent fixture, which was that 2-1 win against Aston Villa at Villa Park. Um, How how did you view the game, James?
0: Uh, I think it's just been a story of Liverpool the last couple of weeks, really. I I think they've just lacked a bit of rhythm. Um, You know, there's been times where, I mean, Fabinho obviously went off with the injury, but I mean, he was giving the ball away a few times last night. I think Simakas gave the ball away a few times last night. I think it's just an accumulation of Liverpool playing so many games coming towards the end of the season. I think Klopp was asked about it today in a press call. or was it yesterday, you know, asking whether it has been a, a fixture pile up, whether it, you know, feels it's going to damage his team. And he said, well, it's our own fault for putting ourselves in this situation and and being in every cup final. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's, again, it's a sign of of Liverpool's mentality of, of still managing to get across the line, even when they're not playing well. Um, and it's the usual players, you know, digging us out again. Diaz, you know, playing really well, Mane. I thought Henderson played really well, you know, when he had to. It's, yeah, it's a little bit concerning how, you know, they're still having to grind results out at this point. And, you know, but again, you know, you look at where they are in all cup competitions, you know, I think they're allowed a couple of weeks of still picking up points, but not playing brilliantly.
1: I was going to say, how how worrying is it, given the form we're in at the moment? Um, obviously, you know, we're still winning pretty much every game, that Tottenham game being the only one where we have, Drop points Um, but from that kind of I guess the Villarreal game where it was a fantastic turnaround but it was a very very poor 45 minutes the Tottenham game you know Tottenham are a really good team we have to acknowledge that but we probably weren't as clean because we should have been particularly in the first half Liverpool were pretty much dominant Um, and then last night at Villa Park as well it wasn't anywhere near the best Liverpool performance what we've we're expected to see is it just the time of the season where everyone's a bit nervy um, everyone's kind of maybe got a couple of eyes on the cup final what what do you think it is about the last few weeks form wise or is it just you know (coughs) there's nothing really to worry about it's just like you say it's just grinding out games is is what happens at this time of year I, I
0: definitely think the amount of games Liverpool played this season Come into effect. Obviously, you throw in the likes of Mane Salah and Nabi went to the African Cup of Nations. So we've had an international tournament thrown in halfway through the season. Um, But I think, um, you know, there's been a lot of rotation in the Liverpool teams recently. You know, you look at that Newcastle game where, you know, the likes of James Milner was was thrown in. And then last night, Simicast was thrown in. Curtis Jones was thrown in. Jotter, who hasn't started a league game in a, in the last couple of weeks, was, was thrown in as well. So, I think, you know, we have spoken about Liverpool squad depth and, and how deep the squad is and how good the squad is. Um, but I think just a few of them have probably just been thrown into games where I've not expected them to go in. I mean, I saw the the news of Salah breaking last night, not playing, and I thought, all right, I can understand that one. But then Curtis Jones to come in, who's hardly played any games recently. It's, It is a bit of a an eyebrow raiser, but yeah, to be fair, I I think it's just the amount of games we've played. Played more games than anybody else this season, Um, and when you're playing, you know, every Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday, you know, it is going to take a toll on its team. But I think you know, especially the Spurs game and the the Everton game, you know, you're playing against teams who are happy enough to sit back and ever since Jurgen Klopp's come into Liverpool and it's still happening now where uh, the teams who play the low blocks are, are the team that Liverpool absolutely hate to play against.
1: And while we're on this subject of form, Mo Salah, we, we discussed him a little while ago um, about his form probably since the turn of the year, maybe since kind of February time. Funnily enough, around the time where the contract story started coming out really, wasn't it, that his form hasn't been as good as it was in the first half of the season. Um and then he got those two goals against Man United and we thought that would be a real turning point. I think, you know, we we could see before that how hard he was trying, maybe trying a bit too hard to score goals. But once he got those two against Manchester United, we thought, OK, that's, you know, he's going to get back to, to his best now. Um, but I think the last few weeks, again, he, he's, he's just not really been involved in games particularly much. I know in the Aston Villa fixture, obviously, he came on, with 20 minutes to go so we can't really judge too much in that but looking at the Villarreal game, the Everton game, the Tottenham game in particular as well he just wasn't the same Salah that we saw in the first half of the season and i think a good example of that is how he was running he was absolutely running away with the golden boot by christmas but now son is only 2 behind him that shows that he's dropped off in terms of goal scoring quite a bit recently obviously he's still impacting games in terms of getting assists and creating chances but in front of goal, he doesn't look particularly comfortable at the minute.
0: No, he's. I think there was a moment last night as well when he, he went through one-on-one, and I do not remember if it was Concer or Ming, still managed to get back and, and and put a last-ditch tackle in where, you know, beginning of the season, Salah wouldn't have taken an extra touch or he wouldn't have, you know, dwelled on the ball a little bit too long, which, which he did last night. So I, I just think you're looking at a guy who has consistently played every game for Liverpool since the minute he's walked through the door. So what's that, four years now? He, he's never missed a game. He, he's played every competition for Liverpool, Champions League, you know, FA Cup, Carabao Cup and Premier League. Over the four years, he's then had an African Cup of Nations that's been thrown in, where his team, Egypt, had, I think they went to penalties every single round of the knockout stages of the African Cup of Nations. So he's had an extra half an hour adding on to his games there. He's then missed out on winning it. Then he's been knocked out of the World Cup, and now he's in this contract situation at the moment. Um, I, I just think it's it's not been the greatest, you know, second half of the season for for him in terms of his you know his mental state. You know, that Egyptian team hanged their hopes on Mossadegh because they've they've only they've got nobody else. The only other high-profile player who plays in the, in, the, in the top, you know, leagues in Europe is probably El Neni. I don't think that Trezeguet has been called up to them recently, you know, for a while. So I think to have all the hopes of the Liverpool fans on him scoring, having all the hopes of the Egyptian fans on him scoring, I just think it's taken its toll on him and, you know, maybe, you know, come the end of the season, a full pre-season um, with no international games, no no international tournaments, You know, give him a solid bit of time off, get him refreshed, come back at the start of the season. And then there's no World Cup for him, obviously, like we said. So I think we will see him back to his best in in front of goal because, you know, for somebody who's consistently scored 20 plus goals in the Premier League as a winger, you don't suddenly just lose your form overnight.
1: Yeah, fingers crossed, he's saving some goals up for the two finals that we've (laughs) we've got in there. But on the flip side, Sadio Mane is the complete opposite. He's probably been Liverpool's best player since the turn of the year, so much so that the Ballon d'Or shouts have kind of shifted from Salah to Mane, haven't they, on on, on social media a little bit. Um, that's 12 goals for him now since February, including the winner against Aston Villa. That's more than any other Liverpool player. That's significantly more, really. I think Salah on seven is the next best, so that's kind of five goals more than him since February. And at a time where maybe six months, 12 months ago, people were thinking Mane's time at the very, very top of a league football may be coming to an end. He's absolutely coming to his own again. And we're seeing the very best Sadio Mane that we've seen for a long time, I think, at the moment.
0: Yeah, I can't disagree. I think, obviously, the inclusion of Diaz down that left-hand side has meant, you know, Mane has, has come more central. Where I think he's just been unbelievable. I mean, he's still pressing. Not not as good as, you know, Bobby Firmino does. We all know he's, he's a different breed. But, you know, he's, he's doing the pressing game well and he's, you know, That finish last night for the header, that is a natural goal score, you know, number nine finish. That's something that Harry Kane does week in, week out. That's something that we've seen other players like Lewandowski do week in, week out, where, you know, he runs with the defender into the box, takes a step to the other side, creates a bit of space and then, you know, nods it into into the far corner. And to be honest, he should have had more last night. He obviously had another header where it just went wide last night again somewhere you'd expect, you know, your number nine to be playing. And I, and I just think, obviously, he's on the the flip side of Salah where he's got the confidence where he's won the African Cup of Nations where he was the captain. He's qualified for the World Cup where he's the captain. And I just think that, you know, the confidence is breathing through him now. And also, I think when Diaz came in, everyone sort of thought, well, we're naturally going to start to transition Mane out of this starting eleven, And I think it's just given a different burst of life he's just looked at different places Diaz is coming in whether that is as we've spoken about you know recently where Diaz brings the best out of him in terms of Mane can now play down the middle or is it now that Mane's trying to prove a point that you can bring as many new players in as you want you brought Jota in he was a left winger you've brought Diaz in he was a left winger and you know I'm still one of the first names on the team sheet so it's all about egos and it's all about you know, trying to prove that you're still one of the most integral, integral parts of the team, and you know he's definitely doing that at the moment. And if he does win the Champions League, the FA Cup, maybe not the Premier League, but the uh, and the Carabao Cup and the African Cup of Nations, then you know he has to be a serious contender for that Ballon d'Or because Jorginho got it for taking penalties for Chelsea in Italy. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think the best thing about Mane at the moment, as well, we're seeing him really up for games I think a lot more he seems just the way that he kind of carries himself on the pitch is is so different to what it was last season where he was almost hiding away from getting the ball at certain points last season and his you know his shoulders were slumped and when he was getting the ball he was he was trying to be really precise with his passes and his shots and he wasn't really playing on instinct whereas now he's you know he's going up for headers he's winning headers against the likes of Tyrone Mings in that Aston Villa game for example he's you know, keep holding players like Mings is a great example. against so how many times that Mane had the ball played into him from K or Henderson, and Mane was just able to, you know, physically dominate Tyron Mings and Esri Konda last night. And it just seems that everything's a little bit quicker. Everything's a little bit sharper. And it just seems like he wants it a bit more. He just seems generally happier, doesn't he, when he's on the pitch than he was a, a few months ago. And it just goes show what confidence can do for a player because the change we've seen in him has been fantastic. And I mean, we always say that class is permanent and form is temporary. And I think this is just such a good example of that because he just looks delighted every time he's stepping onto the pitch in a minute.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, if we, if we could listen to a podcast from this time last year with me, you and Max, it felt like every week we were opening up with, what do we do with Sadio Mane? This is another game where he's not scored. It's another game where he's missed a big chance. You know, you miss sitters against Leeds. Um, West Brom last season, so you know it to to take his form from there to now, it, you know it's completely chalk and cheese. And you know, think you hit the nail on its head. He, he he's smiling on the pitch, you know, as as, as he's strolling round. He's like he said, Tyro Mings. Yeah, I don't rate him as, as as a natural defender, but in terms of his his body physique, he's a big, strong guy. He's he's not scared of knocking people on the floor, um, and for him to withstand that. Just goes to show his, 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 you know, his determination and and how much he's fitting into that number nine position because Liverpool's number nine isn't, you know, I compared him to Harry Kane and Lewandowski for that goal, but he doesn't play like them, you know. He, he's, we've still seen him drop deep as Firmino did would do towards sort of the centre circle to pick the ball up to play the ball off. Like you said, it's a lot quicker, it's a lot sharper, and I think last year. With Mane, he was he was trying to force goals because he wasn't getting into the right position. So he was trying to take two men on and then trying to cut it into the far corner. Or, but now because he's finding himself in the positions, you know, the the, the putting the ball on the back of the net's just becoming second nature for him, just because of where he is. If last night he was he was in a great position, all he had to do was just guide the ball into the bottom corner. He didn't have to think about the header. It's, it's just completely different for him. Where I think last year, I think the pressure was getting to him. And I think he was trying to take too many men on at times to score the goal because, like he said, there was times where Liverpool were on the attack and also the front three, Mane was the furthest one behind because it was just that shot for confidence. He just didn't want the ball at his feet in and around the box.
1: And there's been some links this week between Sadio and Bayern Munich, potentially looking at him in the summer. Um, I'm not sure it's come from particularly reliable sources, but with Mane's contract up you know, the same way as Silas is in 2023, there's going to be speculation about his future until that is resolved one way or another. Um, can you see him moving on this summer to a Bayern Munich, for example, or is it a matter of getting his contract resolved? Do you think it's something that will get done from a Liverpool point of view? No, I think
0: Liverpool will, will look to get the deal done. I think he's, as he's been quoting the last 24 hours after the game to say, Liverpool is my family something along them lines so you know I think he's very happy to stay you know at the club I think it's just going to come down to how eager the the club are to get it done and I think his form recently has only made potentially FSG you know be ready to sit down at the end of the season you know wait to what we finish with get the season over and done with and then I think we'll, we'll see them sit down but I also think it's could be good media stirring from Gnabry's agent because Gnabry is also looking for a new contract at Bayern Munich, and I think that you know his agent is is and all the two agents to try to play the two clubs off against each other to try and get the best deal, which you know is, is what goes on in football in this day and age. But I can't see him going to Bayern Munich. It's it is age to be going you know to a different league which isn't as competitive as the Premier League. You know, yes, he'll win the Bundesliga. I mean, you know. I could probably go into that Bayern Munich team and 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 win the Bundesliga. You know, they've at this point, at times this season they've had a they're under 16s on the bench, and you know they've still gone on to to cruise to to the Bundesliga title. So, I think I go back to what we said last week about more is, Yes, there is another challenge somewhere else in a different country and potentially more money on the table. But I think if you sit around that Liverpool dressing room and you look at your medals at the end of the season and you see where this club is going now that Klopp signed his new deal, I think anyone, anyone who is in the first team, you know, if you've got fringe players like Jones and Chamberlain who might want to think about the future. But if you're in that starting eleven or on that bench week in week out, then I think you need to seriously think about, you know, what Liverpool have to offer in terms of more money.
1: Curtis Jones you mentioned him there he obviously played last um, in this Aston Villa fixture for the first time in a little while for Liverpool how did you think he performed and what do you see his future like at Liverpool at the moment because I think he's a bit of the fan base were a little bit divided on Jones I think everyone acknowledges he's a very talented young player and he's you know very tidy on the ball but is he good enough to make it in a elite team that Liverpool are one you know the best two teams in world football right now is he at that level
0: It's a tough one with Curtis Jones, but I I don't think he is. Nah. But I think it's nothing to do with him as a player. I think he is a good player. I just think it's the level of quality Liverpool have got. And I I think it's unfortunate for him because he came into the Liverpool team at that back end of Liverpool becoming champions. And then he got thrown in a lot last year because of injuries. And I think... This season, Thiago's been at his best. Fabinho's been unbelievable. Henderson has been brilliant this season at times. Naby's come in again. There's nowhere to fit him. Apart from rotating him for the odd game, there's there's nowhere I can see him playing. I mean, actually, Chamberlain hasn't played a game for Liverpool for about two months now. And you know, you sort of put Jones and Chamberlain in that same bracket. You know, very technical players can can be brilliant on the day. But I think last night, I think the I think his biggest problem with Jones is games can pass him by. I don't think he takes the game by the scruff of its neck enough, considering he's he doesn't have to do the defense defensive work as much because he had the likes of Fabinho in there last night, and then Henderson came on and played as a six. So it's not like Jones had to you know come back. He had the freedom to go forward. And apart from that shot that he had against Martinez, were it was a pretty easy save from twenty twenty five yards out. I don't really remember Curtis Jones doing much last night. I don't remember him doing much wrong but I don't remember him doing much right and I think that's what it is with Curtis Jones. He, he he won't do anything wrong in a game but is he going to win you a game or is he going to influence a game and I think that's where we're currently at with him
1: yeah I think that influence is what's lacking like, like you say when we saw like a young Stephen Gerrard for example even when he was 19 20 21 he'd get the ball out of midfield and he'd go and win games by himself at times and I think what we see Jones do a lot of is very tidy at keeping possession. Very good at, you know, he's someone that I like to see come on when you're maybe 2-1 up or one nil up. In a different way to Milner, because I think where Milner's there and you bring him on for organisation and keeping your head and just the basics, I think Jones is just pretty good at just in tight areas, keeping the ball, like in the near the corner flags at the end of games and that kind of thing. And obviously that's not really a role you want coming on for five, 10 minutes at the, at the end of the game. But we see him skip past one or two players quite a lot against Aston Villa. I remember him, you know, dancing behind the Canberra a few times and, and John McGinn. But then when he does get in and around the box, he just seems to play a sideways pass to the fullback or back into the midfield. There doesn't seem to be much end product there. So with all that in mind, do you think come the summer, there's obviously going to be Liverpool's midfield is probably going to be the biggest area of change this summer with you know, links to midfielders coming in and the likes of Oxlade-Chain and you probably expect to move on. Do you think Jones is someone we would see potentially depart the club? And if so, would it be a loan deal or maybe even a more permanent exit? I think because of his age and because of him
0: still getting called up to that England under-21 or under-23 team, I, I think Liverpool could get a decent amount of money for him in the summer. I think if if Liverpool can get 20 plus million for him, which the more than you know, likely to do. Obviously, we sold Dominic Solanke for twenty million and he they played a game for us. Um, so I think if if they can get twenty plus million for him, then I definitely think Liverpool will be looking to to get rid of them because you look at what City have just done with Erling Haaland, you know, the investment they've already made, the transfer window hasn't even opened yet. I think if Liverpool want to compete again next year, then they're gonna to have to Raise the funds, whether that's selling Oxley Chamberlain, Curtis Jones, these types of players. I think now for Liverpool, the way they've kicked on this year, I don't think they can afford to have people to sit on the bench because the good lads, or they've come through the academy, and you know that we haven't got many scousers in the team as we used to. I think you've now got to move on to we need the best team and the best squad possible and you're going to need to raise the funds for that and selling the likes of Curtis jones will definitely do that.
1: Another midfielder who was a bit of a story in this Aston Villa game was obviously Fabinho. Um, He went off injured before half-time. He didn't really look ever comfortable on the ball last night for whatever reason. He was quite poor in possession, which is unlike him, but Obviously, at this time recording, we don't know the extent of that injury, but it looks to be in the, in and around the hamstring region. So fingers crossed it's just a bit of a tweak rather than anything more severe. Um, obviously, we're waiting for information at the t- time. But if it is to be, you know, a season ender, for example, which would be the worst case scenario, just how big a blow would that be going into, you know, these massive four or five games we've got left, including those two finals?
0: Yeah. Well, it's absolutely huge because of the two teams we're playing in those games were, I think, Fabinho, the way Chelsea played against us in the Carabao Cup final, I expect them to try and play that way again. And I think the way they tried to bypass the midfield and the way Fabinho held strong in that game is what got us to extra time and the penalties to, to go on to win the game. And I think if you look at that Real Madrid team with the likes of um, Tony Cruz, Casemiro, uh, Modric, They can all pass a ball and the way we played them last season in the Champions League was they just got the ball, looked to hit it long and we're going to need somebody to try and cut those passes out so many times. Fabinho's just just mopped up all the messes before it's even got to the the centre-backs, before it's even got to Trent and, and Robertson. So, to not have him would be absolutely huge. I mean, Henderson came on and played really well as a number six last night. Like, I don't think he did anything wrong. He cleaned up when he had to, some good, passes took on a few players but Fabinho has an elite quality i think he's the best defensive midfielder in the world at the moment so i think the way he went off and the time he went off i think he he could be okay he didn't try to play on and as soon as he felt at the tiniest of tweaks that said he went down on the floor he, you know he didn't try to run any further or to do any more um and you know, through all things, rumors, you know, going around Twitter, is he said to clot that he'd be okay to play for the final on Saturday. He feels fine, which is the which is a big thing because you know, if we only come away with one Carabao Cup this season, it is going to be a major disappointment. And I think if we don't want that major disappointment, I think you know you need that spine of your team to play in every game. And Fabinho is probably the first name on the team sheet really for that spine.
1: Let's look ahead to the, the FA Cup final and our second chance to win some silverware this season up against Chelsea again, as we were, as you mentioned, in the Carabao Cup final. How do you see it playing out? I think the team probably just about picks itself, doesn't it, these days at the moment? with um, I imagine it will be Henderson and Fabinho and Thiago if Fabinho is fit, of course. Um, but how do you see it going? Another, do you see it similar to the Carabao Cup game where it's a bit nip and tuck between, between two teams or will you know, we'd be a bit more convincing in terms of winning it in the 90 minutes, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't
0: want it to go down to Kelleher versus, <laughs> versus Kepa again for a penalty shootout. Um, I'm, I, you know, I'm expecting Liverpool to go full strength in this one. If Fabinho's fit, then I expect it to be Fabinho, Thiago and Nabi in midfield. If not, Henderson, Thiago and Nabi. I think it'll either be Henderson or Fabinho. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't. I think he'll go for Matip at centre half, um, like he did for the for the final. I know Canate and Matip have split the the last two games between them, but I think in 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 the big cup finals, I do still think he just favours Matip just for that experience, um, which you know Canate's done brilliantly when he's come in. I, I don't think he's put a foot wrong in in, in the majority of the games he's played, but I think you've got to go for experience for a cup final, and listen, Chelsea are in. I mean, they were in iffy form when we played them at the end of February. They are in atrocious form right now. They are horrific, you know, getting beat by Everton, drawing 2 2 against Wolves at home. Everything going into this game is saying that Liverpool should win this 2 3 0. Obviously, it's a cup final. And to be fair to them, you know, they, they ripped us apart a few times in that Carabao Cup game. They got in a few times, a couple of offside goals. and yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough one. But if Liverpool go full strength and the form that Chelsea are in at the moment, especially if they get beat by Leeds tonight or they don't get a result against Leeds tonight, then their top four hopes sort of hang in the balance depending on the North London derby result. So I think Liverpool have a clearer path going into this game. There's not so, there's not as many question marks going around
1: the team. So I think we should come out on top, really. Fingers crossed if that we do come out on top, add another trophy to the cabinet. What a boost that is going into the last couple of games, Um, last two Premier League games, where it's not in our hands, but we can only do what we can do. I and mean, obviously the Champions League final, but having two trophies already can only be a good thing.
0: Well, it's it'll be the most we've, we've won under Klopp in a season in terms of domestic trophies. We've only ever won Champions League or the Premier League. So to have two trophies in one season is obviously a massive improvement for the squad. And like you said, I think going into the Champions League final, then you already know you've got two trophies in the bag before you get there. That's going to you know, bring more confidence into you. You'll have played, you know, it's not Not to talk down City's achievements in the in the Carabao Cup, but they've not played the hardest opponents like Aston Villa and teams like that in the final, whereas Liverpool will have beaten Chelsea in a Carabao Cup final and an FA Cup final. They've played, you know, a really strong team in both finals. It'll give you confidence going in against Real Madrid, who, like, well, we've spoken about them before. They know exactly what to do in a cup final. They're not the greatest team on paper, but put that Champions League anthem on and give Benzema the, the captain's armband up top and it's just a completely different team. But yeah, I think it's sort of, it will sort of paper over the disappointment of, of the Premier League this season. I think the way the momentum was going, I do genuinely felt feel that the, the players felt they were going to win it. Um, and obviously, if... You know, City don't get a result tonight. They don't get a result against... Do they play West Ham on Saturday or is it the Sunday they play? Sunday, it's Sunday, yeah. Sunday. So if Liverpool, if they don't get a result tonight, Liverpool go and win the FA Cup. City see that on a Sunday. It's all about mind games at this at this point in the season, but I think it can only be a good thing. and It's another trophy in the cabinet. It's another medal around the necks of those players who are coming up for contract talks and maybe looking for a bit more money when you can have more trophies and just take slightly less.
1: Yeah, fingers crossed that we get the job done on Saturday and have another trophy to talk about next week. Um, but that's all for today's show. So thank you, as always, for listening. You can get more from us on anfieldcentral.co.uk and on our Twitter page at anfield underscore central. But James, thanks for your time, as always, my friend. No worries. Thanks for having us on again. And we'll be back next week. Goodbye.